What's up, everyone? This is Goldilocks, former TNA backstage interviewer, manager, and you're listening to TNA Cross the Line podcast. Thanks for being here. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 159 of the TNA Cross the Line podcast. I am Bob Pelling Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley in Dallas. We are just two weeks away from Destination X 2005. And boy, do we have a whole bunch of matches. Almost the entire card, I think, at this point has been announced. We are marching towards a Jeff Jarrett Diamond Dallas Page main event. No, it's not WCW 2000, but sometimes it may feel like that. Dallas, are you ready to relive a Jarrett Page feud from five years ago? Well, as we discussed recently, Bob, the only way that this match is going to work, the only way that it will pop me, is if the biggest heel of all time, one of the biggest turns in wrestling history, repeats itself in Kimberly Page's at Destination X. (laughs) How did I know you were going to say that? I mean, just think about it. With the with the history, she's already kind of aligned with Jarrett. They're going through a divorce in 2005. I mean, it just writes itself, man. And and uh, Jarrett seems to have a, a way with working stories with people and their former wives. Wow. I have no issue with it, by the way. In fact, I think it was a great story. I'm just saying. Well, it wasn't a story. It was real life. Right. But I also enjoyed the wrestling story version, <laughs> which was which was also pretty real. It was yeah. really, it was really good. Yeah. No and then Kurt Angle brings out his mistress, China, and it just is a big whole thing. It's really just good stuff. That was that was not how that went, was it? I think that's kind of how they hinted at that China was his mistress. <laughs> kinda. I'm pretty sure. In like, 2011. I think that's I think that's kind of how it went down. No way, dude. They separated like several years before then. Well, yeah, they could have separated, but it's still like this is my new woman, China. That's bizarre. I I don't remember that happening at all. I'm pretty sure when I look back on it, that's like kind of I don't know. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but regardless, um, no, I know I Kimberly Page is going to show up. Uh, I know, but. Um, I don't know. I actually don't think this is going to be. Um, I don't think it'll be bad. I mean, th- put it this way: the Nash and Jarrett match that we saw at Against All Odds was, I think, significantly better than we were expecting it to be. Yeah. And and part of the reason for that was how the crowd was getting behind Nash. Uh, but in just a general, I actually didn't think it was bad. So, DDP can still seem to go. Um, I mean, he did had a good match with Raven. And um, and we don't need to talk about the three-way match that happened at um, what show? Final Resolution. Because you know, that one was like, hmm. but that wasn't, you know, that was just what it was. So I don't know. I think I think it'll be decent. I don't I don't have super high hopes, but I'm not like dreading it. Is my summary of what I just said. Well, we do. Uh... 
we can't forget that Mr. Uh, Nin yeah. is uh, in the company, also known as the New Age Outlaw, which I'm sure is going to have a cease and desist here any week. Right. Uh, he is scheduled to be taking on Kevin Nash in a no disqualification match at Destination X. And uh, aside from his match, like I mentioned before, aside from his match with the Rocket SummerSlam 1999, I want to say this this feels like like one of the bigger matches for uh, singles matches for for Min's entire career in terms yeah. of name power. I think that's fair to say, uh, which is a pretty big spot to be thrown into. I mean, he was immediately tossed into the main event picture um, after his debut essentially aligning himself with Jarrett, the champion. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, um, I think that, that that one intrigues me. I'm very interested to see that. I think Billy Gunn has always been pretty good. So, I mean, I'm not also not expecting, like, a stinker out of that. It's like a match that's like, I didn't know I needed to see that, but I'm excited to see how it goes. <clears throat> yeah, he's always been a solid uh, in-ring guy. But then a match that we're very much mixed on, um, the Ultimate X whatever they're calling it, challenge. Ultimate X challenge, yeah, which I, I think we're still, like, I don't think we really know much about that besides it's Styles defending the title, and it's going from a tag team match, whoever's pin gets eliminated, then it's a triple threat match, then whoever's pin's eliminated, and then it's a singles Ultimate X rules where they have to climb the cables. It's very bizarre concept. I feel like that's their, like, way to be like look we're giving you ultimate x again but it's a little different this time and like they're at a show where it's destination x and it's supposed to be a very um x division focused show that seems like not a great way to highlight the ultimate x (laughs) i I don't know if that is really the idea though at this point for destination x i know eventually that becomes the case well, I you're that's a good point. So I think that it was going to start that way, and then we have very clearly seen that not be the case. I mean, if you look at the card, uh, and when I won't say stuff we don't know yet and everything, but like let's let's see, we have one, we have two X division matches. I mean, realistic looking at the card, there's two X division matches. That's fine. That is kind of weird. I don't think that's weird at all. The context of that, it's not a heavily X Division focused show. I don't even know when that really starts happening. Like, what, 2010? Well, probably. But I don't know. It's just, I thought it was weird because it seemed like it was supposed to be like the, well, even the rumors, like, kind of. So I'm not even thinking about what we know eventually. But. It was supposed to be like an X Division heavy show. Originally, it was going to be a tournament, which thank God it's not that. Oh, yeah. Um, listen, I'm I'm excited about it regardless. Um, and it's a, obviously a staple um, pay per view for many years to come, as are pretty much everything we see this year. I think except one. Yeah. There's one show that is not a staple pay per view. Um, you know which one that is. Um, I think so. I think so. It has a five star match on it. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a one. Yeah, yeah, that's a one. Um, which I can't freaking wait for, by the way. Yeah. But, um, yeah, 
regardless, I'm excited. I think it's going to be some good stuff. And we literally, as Bob noted, we have two weeks. And then it's Destination X, <laughs> which is freaking nuts. Yeah. Um, really, really nuts. And I'm really excited to uh, kind of get, get into it, see how else this develops. And also, as Bob noted, we pretty much know most of the show. And I think we're going to figure out the rest of it here between this show and the next show. So we're pretty much going to be ready to go. Now, Destination X. For your notes this week, is there any update on Sean Waldman since we haven't seen him since? Yeah, dude. Um, we have we have a lot of really great stuff. I know I feel like I say it all the time, but there's a lot of really good stuff. Um, one of them I'm going to hit you with right in the beginning. Uh, that's going to really blow your mind. Uh, but yes, we will be talking about Sean Waltman. And next week, um, there is some notes that we will talk about that normally we'd probably save until the week after. But since we're going right into Destination X, I'm probably going to try to just wrap us all up. I like to do that before the pay-per-views if we can. Um, and we'll talk about Sean Waltman a little bit more on that as well. So there's a bunch of Sean Waltman notes. So, yes, we will definitely be talking about him. Fantastic. Uh, well, I guess, shall we get into it? Hit me with your best stuff there, Dallas. I need to know the happenings of TNA wrestling. Oh, I'm freaking gonna, man. Um, but before that, let's do a quick rundown of what happened on last week's show. I'm going to just read the little note from Dave Meltzer, and if we miss anything, we can kind of go back here. But um, it was a taping. Uh, this took place on uh, February 25th. Uh, or sorry, no, it did not. That was a typo that he made. It took place on the 15th, and this show aired on the 25th. So I forgot that that typo was in there. That was him, not me. Um, so on the one that aired on the 25th, which was our last show, Petey Williams and Eric, Eric Young and Bobby Roode defeated America's Most Wanted and Dustin Rhodes when Rude, or sorry, when Rude pinned Harris in a match, which included hockey stick usage. <laughs> I just like the way that's written. Uh, after a Kid Cash squash match, which was uh, Kid Cash defeating Buck Quartermain, and it looks like he's already skipping a match if he's actually going in order here where uh, Chris Sabin defeated Cassidy Riley. Um, so after Cash defeated Buck Quartermain, um, lights went out again. Uh, Monty Brown was at ringside doing commentary, and then Triton once again was at the ramp and challenging. He says both Brown and Hoyt. I don't recall Hoyt being super involved in that, but no. I don't recall that really at all. Um, anyway, the New Age Outlaw. Why would Triton be a challenging Hoyt? I have no idea. The interaction at the pay-per-view was with Monty Brown. Yeah. I, maybe because he was ringside and it maybe just appeared like he was looking at him or two or something. I don't know. This is his notes from Mike when it was taped. So it could, you know, things could vary depending on who set, saw what. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So then the New Age Outlaw was talking with BG James while James, James ignored Conan. That's right. That did happen backstage where BG was like, let me, I got, let me go do this. I'm going to do this by myself, uh, which was kind of interesting. And I think it's something that we were kind of expecting kind of this whole time anyways. Yeah. Uh, Elix, Elix Skipper pinned Chris Candido, even though the Naturals were uh, interfering to help. Um, and then Jarrett and DDP had a second brawl, also ending with the New Age Outlaw Nash coming out. And then the TV main event was Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels 
going over Styles, Ron Killings, and Sonny Siaki when Michael Shane pinned Siaki after a super kick, which was a pretty shocking uh, person to get the pin in that match, if I remember correctly. We were very thrown off, but it was a welcome surprise. Well, because we had thought with the issues about having to lose to Jeff Hammond, maybe they would not be getting uh, right a focus or a push, and they turn around and they they get a, a victory. So, yeah, that was quite shocking. Yes, definitely. Um, this is a pretty interesting note that I don't think it's something we saw on camera. However, there was an incident at Impact where AJ Styles apparently lost his cool and shoved a fan. And then the fan shoved him back and had to get ejected from the building. Wow. Um, the fan, uh, the, apparently, so this is from Alvarez, so if it sounds um, sassy, that's why. Uh, this fan, The fan, this dude named Jay, who works on the street team, went online to the TNA message board afterwards and said the deal was, quote, one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen near a wrestling ring in my life. Uh, he admitted, though, that uh, he'd been harassing Styles for a long time. And even though Styles shoved him first, it was wrong for him to shove him back, and he totally deserved to be kicked out. So at least he's taking ownership. Right. Um, apparently, there's no word yet on AJ Styles. So once again, I don't think we really noticed this on camera or anything like that in the past couple shows, but I guess it happened, and I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't remember seeing that at all. Um, and my last piece of follow-up before we get into... Or sorry, I guess there's technically, technically two... Uh, a couple smaller ones, but this is the biggest piece of follow-up before we get into some new stuff. Uh, and that's that Frankie Cesarian quit TNA after the February 15th taping. Holy crap. Yeah. And it's funny because Bob, Bob um, thought we were talking about him when we talked about asking for releases. Yeah. Uh, we, so you weren't wrong, but he quit. He didn't ask. <laughs> yeah. He just like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, so we got a pretty big thing here about this. So let's let's just get right into this. It's pretty pretty interesting, and as Bob alluded to before, uh, he's expected to sign a developmental contract with WWE. There had been rumblings of Kazarian to WWE for weeks, as far uh, or sorry as he talked with other wrestlers about leaving. And Tommy Dreamer had been hot to sign him. His contract expired months ago, and strangely, he never inked to a new deal. Uh, so he was free to go. So he was not on contract. This is wow. This is very noticeable issue we keep running into. Like wow. guys, there's also another name we'll be talking about maybe next week that is not under contract that could very easily leave any minute. That and, is insane to me. So he, so when he quits, he's he's free and clear. He could show up there the next day. Right. Totally. Wow, is, that blows that, my mind that he was under he was not under contract. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Dave says that he was told it was something that slipped through the cracks. Um there's a there's nuclear heat on Bob Ryder for this oversight. Uh and he goes on to say here that I can't believe the company had has guys that are are pushing who aren't under contract in this day and age. And Kazarian isn't the only one in that ballpark. He says if it was me. I wouldn't let anyone get a win on television who isn't under a relatively long-term deal because WWE is aggressively going after people right now to stock the Atlanta territory. Now, this is that rumor that we heard the development in Atlanta with Bill Barron's blah, blah, blah. Um, there's are, a, that would be deep, end up being Deep South, right? Mm, that sounds about right, yeah. There's Ohio Valley, Florida. Yeah, that's got to be Deep South. Sounds about right. Uh, there's a lot of fear that 
he's just the tip of the iceberg. Is a lot of talent are openly talking about going to WWE if they can, if they get an offer when their current deals expire. Most notable of which is Monty Brown. Feeling he was passed over and phased down after being told he was being groomed for the title for the latter part of the year. WWE would take him probably in a heartbeat, and Dave says he's actually surprised they didn't sign him during the year he was absent from TNA uh, since he was super green, but clearly had potential uh, years ago before the Dutch Mantel brought him back and gave him the big push. Uh, several have also expressed fear of survival of the company, so there is an so if there is an offer from a company that they know will be around for the long haul, it would be hard to turn down. Now, Kazarian was very publicly praising TNA for giving him his break. Thank virtually everyone in the company. It wouldn't say why he left other than it was a very stressful decision. Most internally recognized that he could have said a lot worse. Now, as noted last week, and it might have been two weeks ago on our show, I can't quite remember, but uh, things got bad the day of the pay-per-view when he, Michael Shane, and Shane Douglas were mad about the match with B.D. James and Jeff Hammond. It wasn't a public explosion or a tantrum, but everyone seemed to know about the complaints. Several expected people or persons might quit over it, and it turned into a big backstage issue, and Michael Shane nearly got fired. Now, Kazarian did tell people at the show that night that he was leaving. So when the official word came a few days later, it was not unexpected. Douglas was that day officially announced to the wrestlers as the new liaison with the office, which basically means if wrestlers have any complaints about anything, the chain of command is to address Shane Douglas, who will then report the complaint to Dusty Rhodes. The idea is that they want wrestlers not to go to Dusty, Jeff, or Jerry Jarrett, or even Dixie Carter directly. However, Douglas already had the heat because uh, of the feeling that he riled up Michael Shane and Kazarian, as opposed to defusing the situation when they complained as Douglas felt that they were in the right. The gist was not only losing the match and having to get pinned by a 48-year-old non-wrestler, but also the match layout. They were never allowed to get any significant advantage time on Hammond. Actually, that was for the better, but Douglas Shane Kazarian didn't see it that way. What a lot of people don't realize is that even though Hammond flopped in the role of a celebrity, getting the mainstream attention and uh, upping interest in the product in the match, TNA was a lot to him. And uh, I, we might have mentioned this, I can't quite remember, but few know it, but Hammond is tremendously influential within Fox Sportsnet and has helped push things like the specials. Um, in fact, Hammond's pushing the product to FSN Brass helped allow them to buy their way onto the network in the first place. And the network liked the idea of Hammond involved because of their own TV idea how NASCAR and pro wrestling go together, even if they probably don't. Uh, aside from that, Kazarian was already unhappy because of plans. The long-term booking idea was to turn the two babyface, but Rhodes had decided to make Shane into a babyface star, and Kazarian was about to fall into the Marty position. Kazarian had, yeah, Kazarian had privately told his friends that he'd been lied to and promises made to him that uh, had been uh, basically, you know, kept on. Um, although he certainly wasn't about to badmouth anyone on the way out. Tina was scared that he'd make this public and felt a lot better when he took the public high road. Okay. <clears throat> so you did you did mention that uh, Hammond had influence with Fox Sports. Okay. I, I thought I did. You did, you did know that. Um, I would not say that Kazarian would be the Marty Jannetty of this team. Now, don't get me wrong. Michael Shane is a you know, good wrestler and all that. I don't think that Michael Shane would be a babyface star. 
I think he is far better as a cocky heel. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally Kazarian, agree. I think Kazarian does well in both roles, but I think I prefer Kazarian as a babyface. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair to say, too. Now, Bob, you're forgetting one major part of this puzzle, though. And that's that Michael Shane is the cousin of Shawn Michaels. So by default, <laughs> if you already have a Shawn Michaels relative in the group, the other one has to be. They have That's to be true. Confident. That's a really good point. And he's got dark hair. I mean, it just, I understand. And I, to be honest with you, I'm joking right now, but I also wouldn't be shocked if, like, that was part of this discussion. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, I don't, I, I would not be surprised if they were like, yeah, so Dusty knows his lineage and, um, Kazarian kind of resembles Marty Genetti. So it kind of is just making sense. Like, I would not be shocked. Right. So, if this does, in fact, mark the end uh, for Kazarian, at least for right now, um, how many matches do you think that he had in WWE? I bet you, and I don't know. So this is just a really wild guess. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I think it's super low. I'm going to say like five or less than 10 for sure. Okay, so he did have five, but four were televised. Okay. And they were all on velocity. I gotta say though, that's actually better than I feel like you'd expect. So yeah, well he so he makes his debut on the July sixteenth, two thousand five velocity. Whoa, dude! That's like, <laughs> oh, because he's go, probably going to the. Oh, this is weird. So does well, he go so to OVW he, first? Right. So he goes to OVW. Okay. Where he has one match. What? Uh, and that match would take place on May 28th. It was uh, it aired on May 28th. It happened on May 24th. And that was part of the OVW television title tournament. Um, interestingly enough, that match is with a guy that's in TNA. Oh. But so like right now, like in 2005, he's on TNA. And Frankie has a match with him in OVW. Whoa. That's weird. So, that's a little bizarre. But so velocity. Well, he, go ahead. I was going to ask about the velocity matches specifically because I don't know who he who he fights and stuff. And honestly, we're probably not going to see him for so long. <laughs> yeah. So who, I was I was going to go through it. So in July, like, as I said, he makes his debut there. So his first match, he defeats Nunzio, also known as Little Guido. The next week, he defeats Scotty Tuhati. He has a dark match on the 26th where he defeats Danny Doring. That same uh, taping, he defeats Funaki. And then his last Velocity appearance is on August 13th, 2005, and he defeats Paul London. So he essentially ends his WWE career undefeated on Velocity. I mean, that's pretty impressive. So, and I don't believe... Yeah, it looks like he never goes back to WWE. Well, now when... Okay, but I don't want to obviously spoil nothing here, but do we see him back in 2005? Yeah. Wow, okay. That's all I need to know. Yeah. It's going to be a while, isn't it? Or... Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, I got to say... 
Uh, I have very much enjoyed Kazarian's run here early on. Uh, it kind of sucks that this is how it's ending, especially because we really did enjoy the team of him and Michael Shane, too. I really enjoy the team of him and Michael Shane. It's kind of crazy. Um, and honestly, this is this makes a lot more sense um, watching it in real time, because I've mentioned before, Kazarian, to me, has always been a guy like I feel like I forgot about. And I was like, even when he was like teaming with Daniels, I'm like, why do I know who this guy is? And like, I could never think about it. And I feel like it gets lost because he pretty much leaves probably when my fandom is really kicking off here in TNA. Like, really starting. Oh, yeah, probably. Because I'm not, I don't really have my eyes on it on the TV just yet, I don't think. I'm pretty sure. And then the pay-per-views, I don't really see till they come on DVD, which is later in the year anyways. Right. So I completely miss his first... (laughs) His probably a lot of his, the stuff in the beginning here, so he probably just falls back to me, and I just don't really realize. Right. But it makes sense. Uh, but disappointing. Uh, but at least he's undefeated in WWE. Yeah, well, I should say he's undefeated during that time. Now, he did have, in like 2001 and 2000, he was on Jacked. And, oh, uh, he, on, he, he would lose those matches. Well, in wrestling way, he was gone so long that when he came back, he's pretty much a different person. Right. And, like, if he's undefeated in the newer the newer stuff, then they'd use that as a storyline, even though, well, we know he got defeated in 2001 on Jacked. Right. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, okay. Well, a couple more small things here. Um, that was, like, one of the heavy hitters for today's episode, guys. Um, and we got it out of the way early. Um, so a couple more things, and then I will jump into some new stuff. Um, but I am saving a bunch of notes for during the show as well. So don't you worry. We have plenty of fun stuff left to talk about. Um, but one thing that we need to discuss, and it's very short, and we will follow up on it again, uh, I believe next week, is that Sean Maltman was, in fact, at the February 15th taping in Orlando. Which, okay, we did not use him. Uh, well, he actually went, so he went to Orlando. He missed a February 14th court date in California, uh, meaning he's up for contempt. Um, and he missed that to make the tapings. And then Dusty Rhodes decided against using him. Unbelievable. <laughs> so he's yeah. got a warrant out for his arrest for going for a TV taping that they didn't even use him for. Yep. That's pretty, pretty freaking cool. I'm double-checking to make sure I don't have a, another one note on this episode that I can just mention now. Nope, okay, it is on next week's. Uh, yeah, dude, pretty, that's pretty nuts, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, so, yes, we will have lots of follow-up on that coming up uh, on next week's episode. But that's, uh, he was there. They just didn't use him, which is bizarre to me. Um, but, yeah. Um, I do have a quick note that pretty much outlines um the the rumor rest of the destination x card and since this was technically released before the show that we're the taping that we're about to watch it's all rumors at this point so i think we can discuss this and kind of lay it out on the table for us Uh, it's noted that the ultimate x match on march 13th at destination x will be uh, it's saying Ron Killings is going to be thrown into there with AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and a fourth guy who will be picked at the tapings that we're about to watch. 
Uh, Dave notes that it's likely going to be from Chris Candido, Elix Skipper, or Chris Saban. One of those three guys potentially in the Ultimate X match. Um, and, and we know the different format, so. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess from the, the format, maybe Candido could do it. I was thinking that as well. But we, I think you and I both discussed the idea of having Skipper, Saban, or even having Michael Shane in it, too, so. Yeah, I mean, Saban would probably be the most uh, maybe logical and most intriguing, but if you're also trying to push Skipper in a singles capacity, and then you could also potentially do, like, the Triple X right reunion after three months or whatever no i agree um now this might be a little bit surprising and i don't think we've mentioned this yet correct me if i'm wrong but the different format for this has actually been said to be christopher daniel's idea which he pitched to dusty and he liked it um and then he goes out and we already know what it is we've talked about it many times um and dave is even guessing here that the end two is going to be Daniels and Styles, which is just an educated guess, which I think totally makes sense. I mean, come on, yeah. Um, also, on that show, it's going to be Nash and the Outlaw. We already know that. We know it's set at the bottom of the show. But also, this is a new one. America's Most Wanted and PG James and Conan going against Team Canada. So Divine, Williams, Rude, and Young. Um, also, um, I think it's pretty obvious we've been leaning toward this, is that Monty Brown will fa- face Triton. Which he has his name written down as Tritus. So it's a mixture of his new name and his... I don't know if that's a joke or not, but he has it written like that. And of course, they're trying to give him that Goldberg monster push. Um, but Ooh, it seems Triton? Weird. Yeah. Um, but it seems weird to be starting him out with Monty Brown to do that with. Right. <laughs> okay. So that means that we're not going to have a tag team title match unless there's a title change, right? Leading into that. Right. Which is pretty interesting on pay-per-view, but... Yeah. Here we are. Um, Okay. Let's get into some other stuff. Uh, There's a pretty fun one I'm actually really excited to talk about, and I'm sure it will not be the last time we talk about it. Uh, But first, uh, we have a rating update. So TNA Impact drew a .30 rating on its first run show on February 18th, which is one of the biggest Friday ratings ever, and a .27 for the Saturday Night Replay show. That's exciting. Um, oh, you know, we mentioned Goldberg last week. I think it was last week where he said, I will never work there. Uh, we actually have the real quote now because Dave put a correction on the whole thing about some other part of it. But basically, his when he was asked about TNA, he said, quote, I don't think I'll be doing that. Working for Jeff Jarrett isn't my idea of the pinnacle of the wrestling business. So that's his exact quote um, about that. What does he have against Jeff Jarrett? Apparently, he really does not like him. A lot of people don't like Jeff Jarrett. I'm no, they don't. But <clears throat> and, that, and well, this doesn't apply to Goldberg, but I think a lot of it has to do with his father, Jerry, in like the Memphis territory, and yes. how they got paid like you know twenty twenty five dollars in a cold hot dog. Right. No, I think that makes sense. Definitely. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of corrections, though, we have a correction. Well, Dave has it, but it's also replies to us because we mentioned that um, Jeff Hammond came out with NASCAR driver Brendan Vaughn. Now, if we have any NASCAR fans that listen to our last show, they're going to say, who the fuck is that? Because it was apparently Brendan... <laughs> it's like Gaughan. G-A-U-G-H-A-N. 
So it was um, apparently a typo there. Um, so our apologies on not knowing which on, gone or Vaughn, that would be accompanying Jeff Hammond. Um, okay, so this one is a fun one, Bob, and I think you should be pretty familiar with what this is discussing, as am I. So this is around the time where WWE is um, talking about ECW a lot. This is 2005. Yeah. Uh, we got that Rise and Fall of ECW DVD, right? Um, there's just about to be a very big uh, one-night stand show coming up. Well, to take advantage of all of this promotion... Shane Douglas and Jeremy Borash are putting together their own ECW reunion show on June 10th at the ECW Arena in Philadelphia, two nights before the WWE show at the Hammerstein Ballroom. And before I go further, Bob, do you remember what show this is? That's Hardcore Homecoming. Yes, it is, which I have on DVD. It's very exciting stuff. I was really excited when I saw this because I was like, oh, I know what show it is. Yeah. (laughs) And I, but I didn't know that Borash helped promote this i did not know that so i thought that was cool i i knew that he also did the um forever hardcore documentary i think oh okay that makes sense i'm pretty sure he was involved in that and honestly if i watched it back now maybe i maybe he's even like featured on it or something i don't know i haven't seen it in so so long but um i don't know i don't know where i should so shane douglas will be using tna wrestlers that WWE won't use (laughs) okay so mainly himself Raven and Sabu. Himself. Uh, yeah. Uh, who, by the way, Sabu's been injured and in all this stuff from surgery, but he's saying that he'll be able to wrestle by this. Um, and they're trying to get Sandman, who has said that he would have no part in a WWE show. Uh, recently, Tommy Dreamer has offered Sandman $5,000 to switch his allegiances to the show and made a similar offer to Justin Credible, who rarely wrestles these days, and Sabu. <laughs> Justin Credible rarely wrestling? Apparently. Uh, so Dreamer's trying to up the ante on a couple people to try to get them to come to One Night Stand. And I'm pretty sure all of those people appear at One Night Stand. Who's who, who's everybody? Sa- Sandman, Credible, and Sabu, don't they all? Uh, I don't... 2005? I don't think Sabu does. Really? I'll look. I mean, I don't think does he does he wrestle on the card? Well, that I don't think he wrestles. If I I don't know, dude. They both blur together to me. It's like a whole blur in my mind. Sandman, I think. Sandman at least appears. Don't they play his song like Metallica? Like they paid the rights for it. Yeah, there's no way Sandman doesn't appear. And I'm pretty sure Just Incredible does. Although Just Incredible might be the 2006 show. Um, okay, so the Sandman teams with Tommy Dreamer against the Dudley Boys in the main event. Okay, see? Okay. Sa- Sabu is on the show as well. He wrestles um, Rhino. Okay, I'm not completely dumb. Well, Credible. I don't, just Incredible. Um, oh, he, he appears too. Doesn't he get involved in the Lance Storm Jericho match? Ooh, that sounds right. Let me see here. Yeah, just incredible interviews. Yeah, see? Okay, I freaking knew it, man. Yeah, so all of them, I guess all of them took five grand. Okay, now I do believe that we're, we will talk about Hardcore Homecoming in June, really, so we don't have to go too deep into it because there is TNA guys on it. We're going to mention it. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure Sabu does wrestle on that show, if I'm not mistaken. 
Hardcore Homecoming. Hardcore Homecoming. Doesn't he? Uh, I believe he's in a triple threat no rope barbed wire match. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. With Douglas and uh, and Punk. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So um, the only other two parts about this is that it, it, Dave says that it's doubtful that on the Douglas show where the money would have to come only from a live gate and a later DVD sales is going to guarantee that kind of money to people. So this is where they're thinking they might lose out on getting some of these guys. Um. And basically, uh, there's also this rumor that says it has been made clear that WWE will not use anyone who works on the Shane Douglas's show two days earlier. That, now, of course, that's already not accurate. That's already not accurate. So, well, as we know. Um, and he talks, I mean, there's more talk about it. And Dave's trying to get um, who he thinks is the best to go on, blah, blah, blah. But we're not deciding going in all that. Now, it does note that one would expect Chris Candido, since he works TNA, would also be on the Douglas show. Um, unfortunately, that does not happen. We will get there. Um, yeah, pretty cool, dude. I was really excited to see this, um, written up in here, though, because that show, I remember, I'll just say very quick, I remember buying the DVD at Media Play, I'm pretty sure, back in the day. <laughs> hey, dude, I'm telling you, because I'm telling you, I picked it up because fucking Raven was on the cover, and I said I needed, I need this show, and I'm pretty sure I bought the Hardcore Homecoming DVD and Media Play. I definitely bought it. I don't have it anymore. I think I eventually traded it, but I, uh, I had that for, uh, or I got that at FYE. Another like, oh, great place. It was, a, it was a collector's edition. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I do. I got the same one, it except had, like, mine a shiny, a shiny cover and everything. Yep. Yep. And I'm pretty sure my case is also like smashed, so it like doesn't. Thank God there's a slip cover to it, or it probably wouldn't shut. And I don't think that was my fault. I think it came that way. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I have fond memories of that show. Um, okay, so I have two more notes, and then we'll get into the show. Uh, actually, I'll give you this one first, and then I have one update on Scott Hall, and then we will watch the show, and I will talk about other stuff, including. Um, a bunch of things. I can't even like get. I can't even tease you. There's an AJ Styles interview. There's a Kevin Ash now. We'll talk about Johnny Fairplay a little bit. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff. Um, so the first two Test TNA shows on Eurosports uh, aired on February 25th. They aired the January 14th Impact show, um, except that they aired no interviews or backstage stuff. So it was strictly the wrestling matches. So it sounds like the ma- the show would probably have been 20 minutes. That's my side commentary, not the. Um, obviously in certain countries, they need a local announcer to do voiceovers because of the language differences. However, they also used a British announcer for the English, which, uh, there is of course not really any reason to do that. Now, the guy who did this also does the K1 British voiceovers, and he was horrible. Uh, he was calling practically every move a power slam. And he also notes that TNA must have provided him with some material because he gave stats and talked about feuds. However, he did get confused because during the Dustin Rhodes versus Chris Candido match, he talked about Dustin having been wrestling for nearly four decades and being a multiple-time NWA champion and was also being the commissioner of TNA. Uh, he also used the terms baby faces and heels. And uh, it's noted that the show was presented like it was K1 or another fighting sport, and the feeling was it didn't come across well. Uh, it also went head-to-head with SmackDown on Tele 5 in Germany, which is available via satellite in much of Europe. 
That's hilarious. Yeah, I always really enjoy these things where it was like what the Canadian one that we talked about recently where they like just had no idea what was happening. Right. Yeah, it's so I love it. It's so funny. Um, and my final note here about Scott Hall. Uh, since Scott Hall suffered serious kidney problems after his drinking binge on the South Korea trip, he was told it would be life-threatening to continue in the direction he was going and spent some time in the ICU, as noted. Worse, even after being given the riot act by the doctors, he already had at least one other binge, and his friends are extremely concerned about him, even the ones who for years just took the attitude, Scott was Scott, and that's how he is. So this is a very um, sad time during Scott Hall Scott Hall's journey, and unfortunately this is how it is for many years before he kind of gets under control. But, uh, but that's why we're not seeing him. He's having a very hard time and a mix of the ICU going in the ICU and then apparently just his issues getting worse. So that is unfortunately why we have not seen Scott Hall here on TNA. Yeah, and I, I don't believe we would see him again for uh, quite a while. Really. Yeah, like five years, isn't it? <laughs> no, I mean, there's a there's a, a brief. Uh, oh, is there? A couple years later, but it's not of anything of substance. I might, okay, I might know what you're talking about, but anyway. Okay, man, it's time. The March 4th, 2005 edition of Impact. This is going to be a good one. Two weeks until Destination X. Uh, the approximate runtime for this is... 45 minutes and 34 seconds. Uh, if you want to watch along with us, head over to Impact Plus, or if it's in your own personal collection, that should work as well. I'm going to count down from three. When I say play, that's when we're going to hit the good old-fashioned play button. Uh, you can watch along with us, or just listen to us react to some TNA Impact. That round. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. This is TNA, the new face of professional wrestling. Here we go, right into some highlights from last week. Diamond Dallas Page going right after Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett, like, hopped off the announce table. Just right, because we, uh, we got bait and switched here. It was supposed to be DDP against yeah. in. Uh, and that did not happen. That's right. Okay, I did totally forget about that. And that's what turned ended up turning into this, like, huge brawl. And then wearing the most generic gear he could possibly find. Black biker trunks. Black knee pads. A black and shirt with white. Black shirt. And yeah, white boots. So that matches the shirt. That's it. That's our highlight. Yeah, it is brawling. It's total nonstop action wrestling impact. And we have the shitty song. Shame's shitty intro that they really desperately need to update. They really need, yeah. I mean, if you're trying to get amped up for a show, I mean, there's like literally like there's nice. asylum footage there. There's Sabu. He doesn't even work here. He hasn't worked here in like a year. What are we doing? Yeah, that's true. About nine months, really. Well, yeah, I know. I, I was rounding up. Okay, who's that girl? Who is that woman? 
Oh, it's Kane? Oh, no. Okay, it's just Pyro. And some nice Pyro shots. Everyone's getting hyped because there's Pyro inside the building. Their eardrums are starting to bleed a little bit. If you've ever been to a wrestling show, there's Pyro. It's fucking loud as shit. Who was it that had... uh, Was it at AEW where they were using like a fire thing and we could feel it? Oh, yeah, dude. (laughs) Holy crap. Mike Tanay and Don West. Oh, Dusty Rhodes hit us with a shocker. Oh, so AJ Styles is defending the X Division title tonight. Oh, he's fighting Kid Cash tonight. Wow. Oh. And we're about to hear from him, and here he comes. Bob, quick, before I forget, would you like to guess how many people are in the impact zone this week? 800. You're damn right. Another sellout or free out. Now, Styles, if people forget uh, people forget here, uh, Styles and Cash had a rivalry uh, mid-2004. Really good one. Had some solid matches there. Hey, Dusty's out here. We got some business to take care of. He's with Tracy and Trinity. The open door policy. He's saying men from all over the world are coming into impact. We have someone who's debuting next week, but he wants to hear from him. The newest impact player. Wait Apollo. Apollo is back. They're hyping him up as the biggest Puerto Rican star ever. They're acting like he's never been here before. Yeah. Although I guess he hasn't appeared on Impact. Oh, God. Okay. Well, now he's speaking Spanish. Well, it's kind of cool to see Apollo back because I did like him. Not when he was El Leon, but I liked him as Apollo. I don't. Okay. I just, I don't like that we're trying to act like as if he's never been here before. Now, I understand like all the asylum years, whatever pay per view, you know, 40 people watch that sh- those shows. But for us who are actively watching, um, and he was just there last year. <clears throat> so Right. Dusty goes, he's going to kick somebody's ass next week. Um, did you you notice the low camera shot to make him look bigger? I did. I did notice. And that. they're keeping it. I mean, it's still, so they're not like making it stupidly right. obvious. But right. Now, my reaction to him speaking Spanish was, oh, no, or whatever, because he came out to no reaction. So when you're speaking Spanish, the crowd doesn't know what the hell you're talking about. So you can't garner any kind of right reaction from that. I, I'm pretty sure he just said he wants Jarrett. Yeah, he wants Jarrett in the ring in the next 30 minutes or he's stripping him of the title. Here comes Michael Shane. What? To Russell or just to like confront him? His uh, name's just Michael? Michael? <laughs> That's got to be a, a screw-up, right? We'll be talking about that Oh, no. They have to drop the Shane? So I think it's just I think Michael? it's next week we're going to discuss that more. He's fighting Chris Saban. I actually do have a Michael Shane interview. Um, I'll mention here in just a second. See if I have any indie notes for these guys. No, I don't. So that's easy. 
I want to hear Tanae call him just Michael. Because look at the fox box. It just says Michael. Hey, they fixed the fox box thing. Yeah, they did. Okay, so Michael Shane on Between the Ropes Radio said that he only wished the very best for Frankie Kazarian. Uh, he said that he hoped Kazarian's departure would lead him, Michael Shane himself, to enter the world title pitcher. Okay. Uh, he, he talked about Eve Skipper's cage walk, Hurricane Rana, saying that he was so terrified that he was going to die that he covered his eyes and couldn't watch it live. He said that TNA was nice because the guys had the opportunity to go up and get advice from legends like Dusty Rhodes and Shane Douglas, whereas in WWE, young guys would probably be afraid to approach Ric Flair and Hunter. He also said that he didn't care uh, what was written about him on the internet since that was only about 10% of the wrestling audience. You know damn well that he probably cared. Maybe he didn't. I, I mean, I feel like every wrestler ever cares. Well, that's why they vanity search and then block you. Right. I learned the other day that uh, Riddle blocked me. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. And then I searched my old tweets to see if I said anything. And all I said was... Because like he like there wasn't a match at SummerSlam or whatever, so I was like, oh, keep the kayfabe or something. And the, uh, I don't know, I, I got blocked for that. I don't know. Nice. Saban springboard going for a missile dropkick, but uh, Michael steps out of the way. Michael. I can't believe that. Big clothesline by Michael. They're not saying their name. Wait. No. Yeah, they're they're actively not saying the rest of the names. A drop kick here by Michael. Right. He just says drop kick pin attempt. He's not saying who did it or nothing. It's really weird. Well, this is quite a turning point that I ah, that was a that was not meant to be happened, um, but uh, that I did not expect to happen um, quite yet in our timeline. No. Um, but yeah, next week we will talk about it more, and pretty much I'll give you a spoiler. We've already talked about it. It's pretty much exactly what you think it is. Double clothesline, and Tanaka says both men go down. Hmm. <laughs> Fucking weird, dude. Trading right hands. Oh. Nice. Oh. It's uh, DDT there uh, over the shoulder. Yeah, and then he just says, how did he power out? Dude, that's weird. Hope he said Saban's name, finally. They're both on the middle rope. And Michael, the swinging neckbreaker, off the middle rope. Oh, he said it. Michael. He said it. He said Michael's got the cover, which is actually kind of funny. Yeah. He should be Shane Michael. There you go. Oh. Going for the super kick, saving ducks. Going for the cradle shot. Boom. Got it. One. 
two, three. Just nice. Four minutes. Not a bad opening match here on Impact. Well, I would assume that means that Michael is not going to be <clears throat> in the Ultimate X Challenge. Yeah. I have a pretty good feeling about that as well. Saban might be getting that final spot there. Oh, oh we're going to get clips of TNA on the Blue Collar TV show, whatever it was. Bill Engel, he said, or something Engel, like that. Yeah. Bill Engel. You don't know who he is, do you? No, dude. I... It's a comedian. Oh, he hit this guy in the head with a guitar. It's a TNA guitar. Smart on Jarrett, putting the TNA logo on the guitar. Wait, is this like a sitcom show? It's a sketch show, yeah. A uh, sketch. Jeff Jarrett's a natural actor. Why is he so close, close to the camera? <laughs> it's really, it's really good. He's like really good. I was going to say, some, I knew oh. it. I was going to say, he looked like somebody was threatening him. <laughs> Holy shit. He just clotheslined the guy. He did a backflip. Inside out, yeah. See, but. That was funny, though. That guy was so close. I was going to say, it looks like he's like, someone's got a gun to his head. He's like, how's that? <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's like, there you go. That's good. My. That's funny. What? We're just seeing a wicked cool commercial that cut right to Shane Douglas interviewing backstage now. My oh my god, they're matching. Yeah, they are. You've garnered the attention of the alpha male, Triton. Take the spaceship that you came in on to the nearest muffler shop. Contact him telepathically. He's making fun of Triton. Being an alien. Have you conquered the great alpha male yet? No. You haven't. He's saying that he's... Uh, the alpha male is a supreme being and he's too much male for him to handle. Which is why Triton has not conquered him yet. Hmm. At destination X, you will be executed. It's exterminated. And pounced! Ah. Period. Period. Dun, 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 dun. The Naturals. Music is hitting now. Bob, speaking of Destination X, we are told that Johnny Fairplay is claiming that he will be brought back at Destination X. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Oh, Naturals and Candido. Is this a six-man? It must be. Um, I like Candino. Candido being with the Naturals. I think it's a fun pairing. Oh. Wait, what is this match? Because here comes just Petey Williams. Is it like an eight-man? Because Petey wouldn't be fighting these guys, right? No. It's no. just Petey. It's got to be a potentially eight-man. Yeah. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, I'm confused. Oh, wait, but here's Skipper, though. I don't understand what's going on right now. 
Speaking of Skipper, I got a note on him as well. An interview. One moment. I... Okay, so who's coming out now? This Mikey, Mikey Bats. Oh, okay, Mikey Bats actually getting an, int- an entrance here. I wonder if I'm, he's uh, a featured... Harry, not a fan of Harry Potter. Okay, so you're taking my joke here. I was going to say, I wonder if he's featured in the new Hogwarts Legacy game. Oh, are you going to get that game? You're getting it? Are you? Um, I don't know. It seems kind of fun. I'm not like a mega Harry Potter fan, but I'm like looking for something new to play. I'm thinking about getting it. What? Is, so what is the match? Okay, so we have she the Naturals and with, Candido. What the fuck? So Williams and Skipper and Bats against the Naturals and Candido. Very odd. Um, I what side is the babyface side? I have no idea. I don't think there is one. Andy Douglas choking Skipper in the corner to kick us off. Now I do have an interview with Skipper. Um, nothing groundbreaking here, but interesting nonetheless. Ooh, moonsault, but he landed on his feet. Back body drop on Douglas. Um, this was an interview with Steve uh, Gerwick. I think I'm saying his name right. Yeah. Uh, he talked about the placement on the pay-per-view of the Six Sides of Steel cage match a few months back. He said his theory was that the match that the fans wanted to see the most, no matter what it was, it should always go last. So basically, if the fans are most excited about something, he thinks that it should go on last. Uh, he noted that he couldn't watch Impact on TV because he lives in Orlando, which doesn't carry it, <laughs> which is pretty interesting. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, he also talks about um, some of his WCW stuff, which I'm not really going to get into, but he goes on to say that after WWE bought his contract, he was sent to HWA for nine months, and then he was fired. Uh, then yeah, they explained that he was just wasn't the same after getting knee surgery, which if what we're watching is you know accurate, um, I think he's only getting better. But right. um, he kept in touch with uh, Jeremy Borash while touring with All Japan that led to his TNA gig. Nice power center there by Candido on Williams. Um, that's pretty cool. I do have one indie note here for Elix Skipper. Uh, back on February 26th, Elix Skipper won the UXW Extreme title in a fatal five-way elimination match when wow, he wow, defeated wow. Azriel, Deranged, Sunjay Dutt, and Xavier at UXW Genesis <gasps> in Bethpage, New York. I can't wait for like, what's it? It's got to be like another year, right, Bob? Where we can be like, uh, 2CW this weekend. Uh, yeah, roughly. Because they start bringing in some TNA guys. Yeah. Uh, Chris Candido was also on that show, and he did. He won the UXW United States Championship in a three-way dance when he defeated Jay Lethal and Mike Cruel. Mm. I think I might have reviewed this show, or I at least have it, and I haven't. No, I have not reviewed it. PD tags and bats, goes right after Chase Stevens, who uh, goes to clothesline, but he ducks, and now he's giving him some right hands. Irish whoops, Chase Stevens comes back, heel kick. One, two. <laughs> Douglas with the <laughs> save. <laughs> he just kicks him. So, you know, I was doing some transcribing today for uh, the My World podcast, and a he brings up there's like a controversy thing where in like 2008 or whatever the Motor City Machine Guns didn't want a blade. Oh. So Jared was like, okay, well we just won't use you. I was like, okay, that's a weird decision. 
And then he brings up how Andy Douglas didn't want to cut his hair. So then he's like, we'll just use different talent then. Yeah. Oh, Jarrett. Yeah. Come on, man. It's it's just a weird thing. Like, oh, I don't want to, you know, self-mutilate my forehead. So, all right, well, we'll just go somewhere else. Why would you want to cut Andy Douglas's hair? I don't know. But Chase Stevens pinned uh, Mikey Bats after a diving headbutt by uh, Candido. Um, that's it's very interesting you say that though, because Saban and Shelley are two people like I can't picture a time when they were bleeding. So I, apparently Shelley is very much against it. And I don't know. Sa- if, I don't know if I've ever seen Shelley. Right, Saban, I guess used like syrup and something else to simulate blood before. But, like, yeah, I, I don't blame them for not wanting to cut the foreheads. Right. Uh, it also helps that they're good-looking guys. They probably don't want to have I don't scars. blame them, dude. But Dusty is with uh, Tracy and Trinity in his office, which is a truck backstage. Tr- Team Trinity versus Team Tracy at Destination X, it sounds like. I have a bad feeling about this one, Bob. Oh, wait. David Young. He's... He's one more chance he can win a match. Does he not have eyebrows? Oh, no, does. I see them. They're just really light. Oh, you lost to the NASCAR driver. You saw what say- on the paper. They're, they're digging on Kazarian right now. They are? I feel like that's a dig on Kazarian. That, like, did you see pin- how good he did at the pay-per-view? He pin- yeah. Well, he pinned Shane, didn't he? I couldn't remember, but I feel I like that's got to be what this is about. One more shot next week on Impact. Are we about to see the end of David Young in TNA? Nope. Okay, I didn't think so, but... Um, so, I have a bad feeling. This is my prediction for Destination X with Team Trinity and Team Tracy. I think I think, uh, I think we've seen the end of Trinity. You, you do. And I don't like it. This is my guess. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. I really like Trinity. I just got a bad feeling. Eric Young wearing trunks instead of long tights. That's weird. Here in 2005. This is definitely unlike him. Oh, here comes Dustin. Yeah, you can't mistake that awful song. You not mistake it at all. Now, Dustin coming out with that uh, bull rope. He will be fighting Raven in a bull rope match at Destination X. Oh, and apparently my dog is also going to fight Raven in a bull rope match. Probably saw a squirrel or something. Or a cat. Yeah, it's pretty much how it goes. Yep, USA champs. Oh, the towel guy. Oh, the towel guy's towel is of the Atlanta Falcons. Oh. That's interesting. I don't know, Bob. Can you believe that the Eagles won the Super Bowl this year, a couple weeks ago, about a month ago? Yeah, I mean it is crazy. It's pretty. Yeah, wild. They won that game thirty-four to twenty-seven. Wild. Uh, Dustin uh, getting an eye poke there. Bye. Eric Young at this time in trunks is very odd. Well, I mean he's used it more most recently, right? Trunks. Yeah, the trunks now. Is like this, that's what he wears. 
this time it just like it's weird. Yeah, I know. He's always got the pants on. One, two, no. Dustin kicking out after a cheap shot by Scott Demore. Don't forget, Bob. The final assault, which they have to put in parentheses, is the false count anywhere match right. between Abyss and Jeff Hardy. If you have to put what it is in parentheses, you should probably just call it a false count anywhere. <laughs> I mean, I like that they name things like cool stuff, like the full metal mayhem, for example. I really like that. And although full metal mayhem actually kind of says what it is versus final assault. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what. Yeah, final assault. I guess you wouldn't really know it's false count anywhere. Maybe they're trying to say that like, that's a final assault because they're not going to keep fighting each other anymore. Maybe that's why they're calling it that. Well, yeah, it's probably the idea. Versus like that's what the stipulation is. Choking with a foot in the corner, Dustin. Dustin, uh, I feel like here in TNA at this time is constantly on his knees or laying on the ground, like working, getting his legs worked. Mm-hmm. Oh. Eric Young with his signature bump to the apron. He's just the Ric Flair off the top, but he gets caught in the atomic trap. There's a little bit of a miscue right there, I believe. You know, they really haven't mentioned Abyss being the number one contender. Nope. We actually didn't even see Abyss or Jeff Hardy last week, I don't think. I think we saw a video package. Yeah, but nothing like new. Oh, he kind of did a rever- like a reverse Shattered Dreams right there. By reverse, I mean Eric Young was facing the other way in the corner. Yeah, it was more like a kick to the the butthole, <laughs> which I'm sure also doesn't feel very good. It probably doesn't. Like, have you ever gotten like rhinoed by one of your friends, like the knee? No, I can't say that I've ever had a friend rhino me. It fucking sucks. They like knee you in the butthole. No, I don't think I've ever. Had it's it. actually more your tailbone, and it fucking hurts, but. AMW coming out, Johnny Devine and Bobby Roode getting attacked by America's Most Wanted. Dustin with a bulldog on Scott Damore. Power slam. Power slam. One, two, three. What the fuck is his finisher, Bob? He's one with bulldogs, power slams, and like the the curtain call. He's so well-rounded that when he eventually wrestles Jack Jarrett, they're going to be like, there's a lot of ways that Dustin Rhodes can beat you. I don't like that. And then guess what will happen? Jarrett will kick out of every single one of them. We're going to hook him up in the bull row match. The destination is. Okay, Jeff Jarrett, your 30 minutes are up, and we are 24 minutes and 32 seconds in, so with commercials, it's up, baby. Hmm. No, Dusty's probably about to call him out here, so I'll just give yeah, you a yeah. quick, I have a quick Jeff Jarrett note. Um... On March 11th, the Ray De, Ray DeRay's show uh, for AAA is scheduled to be headlined by a six-way match for the uh, for the crown, featuring wrestlers from AAA, TNA, and Triple uh, L, which is uh, Pena's NWO-like group. The AAA guys are Loparka, which is Pena's version, and Latin Lover. The TNA guys are scheduled as Conan and Jeff Jarrett, but Jeff Jarrett hasn't fully committed, and Jerry Jarrett feels that Pena isn't worth doing business with after the problems in the past. Jeff Jarrett hasn't filled out any paperwork and then went on vacation and um, apparently was not in communication with virtually everyone, leaving a lot of frustrated TNA wrestlers. Uh, and time's running out, but AAA did start advertising him anyways this past week. Of course he did. Okay, so Dusty's saying NWA deserves it, the fan deserves it, and we're going to have it. 
if you were if you were to advertise me for something that I didn't sign for, that would just make me not want to go. I love it when oh, and speaking of the real life cruise music, um, I love when wrestlers tweet something and they're like, "I never said I was going to the show." Oh, that's, yeah, it happens all the time. The real life crew coming out: Conan, BG James, Ron Killings. Okay. Oh, he's bringing out people who are wronged by Jarrett. How they've Co- been wrong. Conan, I'm speaking on this, okay? Well, because Killings, I think, is... The once-in-a-lifetime chance to be champion again. <laughs> it's not really once-in-a-lifetime if you've already done it. And he's done it. Three times, three times, three times. I feel like DDP has robot legs. He might. I think they're made of metal. He's going through the crowd, by the way. That's a nice. Uh, that's nice that the fans are holding him up, making sure he doesn't fall off. I like that when he puts his arms up, his shirt is so short, it almost shows his nipples. <laughs> like, what the heck? That is a pretty sh- that is pretty short. There's that Jeff Hardy shirt for you, Lance. The lime green with the black graphic. You gotta get it, man. You gotta get that shirt. Dusty says opportunity's knocking on your door. Sure to be champion. You got to dig down in here and draw it out and become champion again. Are you ready to become champion again? I think he was trying to give DDP the microphone, but DDP didn't take it. Do you think I'm ready? Wait, this is like the same hype thing they did with like Chris Harris. Do you think I'm ready? Yeah, you're ready. Mm. <laughs> They're say, they're, he's making the crowd chant, it's time, and then here comes Jeff Jarrett. Whoa. Oh, and yeah, see who's with him, Bob. Nin. Oh, Nin. Who's got his belly button showing, I love it. Literally, just shirts pulled up so his belly button's hanging out. Wait, there's other people with there too, wasn't it? Isn't that like a isn't it just like trademark? The Candido and Candido the Naturals. And wow. Wow. Well, I think we know who's getting diamond cut. <laughs> He's sick and tired of dusty schemes and plans to get rid of the Savage didn't work. Three-way dance in January. Didn't work. February. Kevin Nett. Turn his back on Kevin Nett. And it didn't work. I feel like he almost forgot what he was going to say. I was just going to say that. In February? (laughs) You had one of my own. (laughs) 
He hits the hat off, Dusty. Don't you ever put your hands on me. Oh, Nin, watch out, Nin. Oh. I was going to the guitar. Nin with a horrible... He's like barely punching pig. Okay, now he's got him. I, those pants he's wearing are awful, too. Yeah, that's not good. Why is the right live crew just watching it happen? Because Kevin, Here comes Nash. Kevin Nash. I have a Kevin Nash note as well. I'll mention after we watch what happens here. Oh, here comes everybody. I like, Nasty how the, I like how the angle advancement here for Nash and uh, Nin is basically just they, they brawl. Yeah. Nope, they call him the outlaw, not the new age outlaw. Outlaw. Okay. Oh, Jared just got sent to the post by Paige. Conan. I have a feeling we're seeing the uh, starting of a potential match, maybe, up in the ring there with Naturals and Candido and 3 Life Crew. DDP, Lane punches in on Jarrett on the announce table. Pretty good ones. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if, he, okay, he's not bleeding yet, but those were some pretty stiff ones. Maybe blood on Fox Sports, Matt. Oh, that's right. <laughs> if that was uh, not. That's not purposely. Dude, he was doing knuckle shots to his forehead. Um, so Nash apparently has claimed that he was offered a spot in WWE as Triple H's bodyguard to feud with Batista. Um, Dave thinks that it's out of the ring and they don't think that they would wrestle because that's a horrible idea. Plus, they were already burned by Nash's last run where he spent virtually two straight years earning $700,000. Uh, and uh, he's 45 with a broken down body. Um, even though he's huge for his age, which probably makes him even more injury prone now. Uh, but it, he actually turned this deal down because he doesn't want to do their schedule. Uh, and he also assumes that they did not offer him huge money to be a bodyguard. Yeah, probably not. Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, on commentary for the X Division Championship match here. This is our main event, Bob. We are 31 minutes, 46 seconds into the show. I think it would have been interesting for Nash to be the bodyguard. Similar to what he was with for Sean. Right. Comes Kid Cash with Lance Hoyt in his corner. Um, I have indie notes for these guys. Uh, cool. All right, so AJ. Uh, yeah. So is that the last time we saw him? I'm just gonna go through. If I repeat these, oh well. But uh, back on February 19th, AJ Styles defeated Simon Diamond at 3PW's third anniversary show. On February 25th, Jimmy Rave defeated AJ Styles at the Ring of Honor 3rd Anniversary Celebration Night 2. February 26th, he's a busy guy here, three days in a row. Uh, February 26th, Sterling James Keenan, also known as Corey Graves, retained the IWC Super Indie title when he defeated AJ Styles at IWC's Showdown in Newtown. And then on February 27th, AJ Styles defeated Christopher Daniels. Wow. At IWC's Wild at the Palisades. Um, now, we've noted that Ring of Honor had stopped using AJ Styles and those guys. So clearly, I mean, they must have worked something out because he, he works that show. Right. So. A 30 minute time limit here because it's a title match. Uh, AJ Styles is wearing his uh, Tina Impact. Toy Biz Series 2 gear. <laughs> Do you I think, think it, that was inspired by... Uh, I think match? it's Series 2. You think it's inspired by what? This match? 
that they chose uh, this match to do the Yeah, I don't know if has he worn that gear before? Probably. I need to confirm now that it's actually series two. I think it is. Um, Daniels is complaining I, on commentary quite a bit here. I'm pretty sure this is series two. But, Bob, just so you have a reference point, I mean, it's literally that gear. Uh, yeah, that, that's just, exactly what it is. Which is pretty, uh, pretty cool. Didn't tap out. That's right. Tom West noting that Daniels had control. He just didn't get him to submit. It doesn't matter. Okay, it looks like it's Series 3, I think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Make up your mind, dude. Is it 2 or 3? Well, I just searched it with Series 2, and it doesn't come up. But Series 3, it does. Okay, so it's Series 3, then. But I don't know what Series 2 is. There's a website I could go on. It's just not worth it right now. Anyways, I have an AJ Styles interview. Um, no. He said in an interview this past week that he prefers the X Division style and loves to wrestle people like Chris Saban and Petey Williams. He said he hopes to get a big raise when his contract is up in six months. And he openly talked about trying to get to SmackDown to wrestle Mysterio and Guerrero if he does not get a raise. Um, he also, uh, oh no, that's sorry, that's not about him. Oh, he, he said he thinks that TNA has a big chance to become a big, uh, a big deal because quote our pay per views have been killing theirs. Uh, he also knows that X Division is something that WWE will try to come after because we've made such a big impact on professional wrestling. A lot of people forget what the X stands for. It stands for extreme, and it and it don't mean tables and chairs. I mean, these guys are athletes. They do stuff that you've never seen before or even thought was possible. I thought it stood for exciting. Both. I actually uh, don't remember what it stands for. I don't know what it stands for either. There is one note here for Kid Cash on the Indies. Uh, back on February 26th. Kikash teamed up with Coco Beware in a losing effort against Brian Christopher and Shock for Memphis Wrestling Throwback Night 5. What the fuck? And Shock would be known as Spellbinder. Mm. Yeah, a USWA guy. I've heard the name Spellbinder, not Shock. (laughs) Couple covers here going back and forth. One, two, one, two, one, two. Going for a Styles Clash? No. Cash counters into an arm drag. Whoa. They just did like a dosi do into an arm, uh, arm drag yeah. there. Now a couple hip toss. Or no, those are arm drags. Sorry. And Styles got an arm like Crowd's getting into this one. Coit's telling him, shut up. By the way, I think that was my final note for uh, today's show. But we will have... Lots more fun stuff to talk about on next week's show. You guys will not want to miss the Sean Waltman news, among (sighs) many other. He's probably going to go to jail. So we're going to talk about Sean Waltman. We're going to talk about that segment that we just saw. I'm going to tease you right now really good. That segment we just saw with the Jarrett Dusty and stuff was very different, and they retaped it. 
Really? I can't wait to talk about it. We're going to talk about that next week. They had to retape it? Yep. Got to find out on next week's show, though. Hoyt uh, picking up Styles so that, oh, the master of the Hurricane Rana can slingshot Hurricane Rana onto AJ Styles. Kid Cash is freaking awesome, just so everyone knows. In case you didn't know that, he's really great. He's all right. Nah, he's pretty freaking good. I mean, doesn't he have, like, broken toes right now, still? Yeah, and he's still doing Hurricane Rana's from other ring. Um, I still, I can we go back really quick? I know we were like way past the discussion, but the not cutting the hair and then they're like, we're not going to use you. Yeah. To the fucking naturals. Are you serious? Well, Andy Douglas specifically. Well, yeah, but what the fuck? So it was weird because it's like they, they didn't want to do it. But then Jarrett was just like, it's the business. It's like what, what I grew up on. Wait, so he was still defending the decision? I, well, he's like, I have better hindsight now. but then, Oh, okay, okay. And then uh, Conrad was like, oh, so you basically just, like, starve them out. Like, fire them. And he was just like, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. The blading thing sucks, too. Because it's like... I don't know. I don't know. I don't like any of this, really, but... I guess it is what it is, especially back then. It, it was a little different, but I'll tell you right now, if I was a wrestler and they told me, hey, you got to cut your forehead, and I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. Man. Oh. oh, this is a replay upset on surfboard. So this is probably during the break. We're seeing a replay of it. Holy crap, dude. Look at That's that. Brutal. What wow. This looks fucking awful. And he fucking flipped over and he did it again. Roll them over. And then fucking t- suplex throw. Side out vertical suplex. Um, yeah. Oh, he just spit a loogie into the crowd, dude. What the that's fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, really? that's a bummer. I, I do feel like I'm missing out on the Jared podcast a lot. I just have not had time to listen to it. But, dude, the TNA ones, I, I really need to listen to them. Yeah, they're pretty good. AJ crotching cash on the top rope. He must have made up with the naturals because I think he used them in uh, Global Force. Did he? I'm pretty sure he used the naturals. Michael Shane even was on a Global Force tour. Oh, I know. I remember that. Which is like so cool to me. And like, there's nothing, you can't see any of that. Yeah. It makes me very, very sad. Are we about to do a power bomb off the top? Okay, uh, this is terrifying, dude. From this angle, it looks even worse. Oh my god! It's like okay, so he's, he backtracked him. I, I don't, I don't think it was gonna be a power bomb. It was gonna be maybe, maybe nope. it was supposed to be like a hurricane rana thing. No, I think Kid Cash was gonna power bomb him. <laughs> Let's see. Do we have a different angle? Look, see, yeah, he was gonna do. Oh uh, yeah, I guess he was. Yeah. And then AJ reversed it. Wait, trying to give him some motivation here. The only thing that sucks about this kind of stuff to me, Bob, 
is I I don't like doing title matches like right before the pay per views because you just there's you just know. no way. Yeah. It's like with Monty and Jarrett, like you knew that was not going to happen. You wanted it to, but you knew it wasn't going to. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Huge backdrop by Styles. And I'm sure the argument is like, well, it's going to be a good match, and yeah, sure. I mean, this has been a good match, but like we. We know the outcome. Like, Cash is not about to win the exhibition championship. Oh. Daniel says, I know how that felt. I got it against all odds. Going for a vertical suplex, but Cash is going to block it. Trying to counter it, but AJ blocks it and brainbuster. One, two, no cash kicks out just in time. Jawbreaker by Cash. Springboard. Hurricane Rana, double springboard Hurricane Rana. Nice, dude. We are 42 minutes, 58 seconds into the show here. Tornado DDT. One, two, no, AJ kicks in. Crowd's really into this. They're seeming pretty hyped up to me. I love Christopher Daniels' affliction shirt he's got on. Very 2005. Yeah, it is. Going for the moneymaker, but it countered. Inseguri. <laughs> you might not like him, but you gotta respect him, Fallen Angel. Blocking that back elbow by Cash Styles. Springboard. Oh, sh- oh, fuck. He hit his nuts on Kid Cash's he, head. He... <laughs> can't, can't not sell that one. Yeah, dude, he fucking yeah. nutted himself hard. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Going for a cr- look, dude. Styles is fucked. He's so He's fucked. Like, right yeah, now. he had a, he went for an inside cradle, but his nuts are in pain. Hoyt has brought a chair and he's in the ring, arguing with the referee. You can't see that a springboard forearm just knocked him out. Cash missing a chair shot. Oh, Daniels is not gonna let this happen. He drops AJ over the top rope. Uh oh, moneymaker, dude. Oh, no, Cash can't hit it. AJ counters. The oh. backdrop and a bridge, and he hooks the leg, and he wins the match. Dude, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> you thought Cash was going to win the ball. They almost just got me after I just said I knew he was going to win. <laughs> Damn it. If he hit the moneymaker, he would have won. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's no way he would have kicked out of the moneymaker. No way. Oh, oh there's he- Abyss. He's pissed. Just hitting things. Hey, that's wait. Dusty's office. Yeah, wait a second. What's he doing? Okay. He's like maybe looking for Hardy. He's searching for Jeff Hardy. I don't think he's behind that steel chair. I don't think he's in the trash can. Oh shit! But he's on top of the thing that he just walked past. Yeah. So did he not like look What's up? It? Dude, he's got Jeff Hardy's got binoculars to watch Abyss. How does he's Abyss right there. See him. Uh, all right. Well, I would say that was a, a pretty good show. 
Yeah, dude. I, uh, I thought that was a, I thought it was a really good episode, actually. No complaints from me. Uh, the main event was killer. Um, that was, yeah. yeah, I love that main event. Yeah, that might be maybe one of the better matches, better than some of the asylum stuff they had. Oh yeah, dude. I think that was that was like a really good um, match between Styles and Cash. Uh, and I'm really excited for our go home show for uh, Destination X now, just next week. Can you believe it? I know. I'm always excited for the go home shows because I get excited for the pay per views. Those are always tons of fun. Um, but yeah, all right. So next week's episode is the go home show, and then we are all set for Destination X. Um, it's pretty crazy. I'm really curious about. The news that you have about segment between uh, Jarrett and Rhodes and Page and all them and how that had to be retaped. We have a Sean Wallman update. Apparently, he's probably on the run, a Fallon out because <laughs> he didn't go to a court hearing because he had a, a TV taping to go to, and then he wasn't even used for that. Yeah, we got some good stuff. Um, as I would say, as always, I do feel like most shows we have some pretty um, great stuff to talk about. So I'm definitely excited about it. And um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be enjoyable. And then we're pretty much going to know all of Destination X, I'm assuming. We pretty much do. Um, I would assume we're going to fill in any blanks next week. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Dallas, you got anything else or no? I think that wraps it up, man. Send us home so we can get right into Next week's episode, The Go Home Show, March 11th, two days before Destination X. Alrighty. Well, we will see you guys next week for The Go Home Show before Destination X. For Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Pelling Jr., and this has been the TNA Across the Line podcast.